0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome
1: to the Fighting on Film podcast. The podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourers Bench. Welcome back to Fighting on Film. Now, last week saw Clint Eastwood's 92nd birthday, and it would seem the podcast never lines up with that 31st date, or it hasn't so far. So we thought... To pay belated respects to the Hollywood legend, this week we would cover Heartbreak Ridge from 1986, and it's the only film about Grenada. Yeah, as well. Like, that's really interesting. Like, there's hardly anything on that. There's a few documentaries that were made immediately after. Yeah, but there's so and little. There's out been
2: there. a couple recently as well, um, but no, no uh, dramatic representations on screen. Um, this might
1: be the only war film depiction of that war to date. To give you like a a sentence worth of plot, Gunnery Sergeant Tom Highway is transferred to his old unit, and his tasked with moulding his unruly recruits into a fighting unit before they are sent to rescue U.S. nationals during the American invasion of Grenada in 1983. It's it's one of those
2: strange little conflicts which are almost mm. forgotten, I suppose. Um, it's like four days four days long. Yeah, and in in the film, it's depicted as uh, Cuban uh, regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly it doesn't depict any uh, grenadian forces Uh um, no. engaged by the marines but we'll get back to that because the actual the last 20 minutes of the film that depicts the the actual operations is quite interesting
1: yeah it's it's not it's not awful but it's not great either <laughs> so before we move on you can rent this movie in the uk through amazon prime because that's what we did to watch it Pick youtube as well etc yeah, you think you can rent on YouTube as well? Um, it's not bad actually when you think about it, uh, money wise. So, moving on to cast this week. So Clint Eastwood uh, plays Gunny Highway. Uh, obviously, he needs no introduction. He's a Hollywood legend. Cut his teeth on the Rawhide series, became a big star. Um, then he went on to be in the Dollars franchise as the Man with No Name, Where Eagles Dare. You know the, the huge, and beloved war movies, Kelly's Heroes as well, Dirty Harry. He's done so much. Um, And then he went on to be, uh, later in his career, obviously, he went on to be a director. He's won two Oscars and directed Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. The man's just a powerhouse, and he's still going strong, even at 92. And when this movie was filmed, he was 56. So, wow. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, the the man's still going strong. Um, Then you have uh, Mario Van Peebles as Stitch Jones. Uh, He was the son of filmmaker Melvin Van Peebles, who gained a claim for his... 1971 film Sweet Sweetbacks Badass Sock, which is a, a black exploitation film, but it's um it was really you know well received, made a lot of money. Um and Mario had a small role in that, playing the a young version of, of Sweet. Um and he also wears in the film a, a t-shirt with the character on from the movies, isn't that? It's a really cool. Oh, little, does he? Oh, cool. cool I think the cool. vest that he wears is like a badass under his
2: leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's what it is. Um, but he's also um he was in Jaws the Revenge. Uh, he played Malcolm X in Ali, the uh, Will Smith movie from, from the mid, mid-90s. mid And then more recently, he directed the on the 2016 reboot of Roots and uh, USS Indianapolis Men of Courage starring Nicholas Cage. Oh, that instant classic, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not, well, I mean, trying to trying to find war movie connections, sometimes they, they can't all be classics, can they? Um, and then we have Peter Koch as a Swede, I'm not, no, we're not repeating, Dick. Dick Richards from last week. <laughs> I promise myself don't stop. I wasn't gonna laugh at that. Yeah, so he plays Swede Johnson. Um, he's an 60 he's the M60 gunner, and he played pro football at the time for Kansas City, um, right. Kansas City Chiefs, and he turned to acting after his career, and this is one of his early early acting roles. Uh, then we have Everett McGill as major powers, he's the main antagonist of the movie. Uh, he's best known for his role as big Ed Hurley in Twin Peaks.
2: Yeah, I've never yep. seen
1: it. Not really my thing. Um, and he was still gar in 1984's Dune, uh, but he also appears in 1979's Yanks. Um, and he also starred in a film called Field of Honor, which is a film about Korea in the same year as Heartbeat Ridge. Oh, wow, didn't know that. Mm. He's also
2: the uh, the baddie in uh, Under Siege 2 with Steven Seagal.
1: Ah, right. Okay. Nice.
2: Yeah, the train one.
1: Then we have Ark and Dean Snyder as Sergeant Major Chuzu. Sergeant Major Chuzu. And he is uh, Clint's like best friend, army buddy. Uh, he played Henry in uh, Yanks as as alongside uh, Everett McGill, but he also did like prolific TV work uh, like Magnum PI, MacGyver, Full House, Quantum Leap. So it's easy in that era of just being in everything. Uh, then we have Moses Gunn as Staff Sergeant Webster. He's one of uh, Major Powers' cronies in the movie. Um, yeah, and he's really underused used. i think yeah yeah considering agreed. his prowess so he's in a to- tony award winner you know critical acclaim on the stage for, for playing you know roles in shakespeare plays he's in 1977's roots as Kitanga. he's in carter's army which is also called uh, also called the black brigade in 1970 alongside richard pryor and billy d williams and then yeah, he's wasted is yeah wasted and he's also in little house on the prairie it's like Give him a bigger role. Well, I think he's, he was in he was in lots of things. So um, much, yeah. You yeah, will have to do Carter's Army at some stage. It does look quite good, actually, from little bits I've mm. seen. Uh, then we have Richard Venture as Colonel Myers. Uh, he he's no stranger to the the war movie genre. He was in 1990s Navy SEALs as Admiral Coker. Oh yeah, it's a weird one. That one. He was in the 1996 version of Courage Under Fire, and then he was in the 1979 version of Here to Eternity as Colonel Delbert. I didn't even know they did a remake of Fear to Eternity, but apparently he was in it. No, I didn't either. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the, the cast is a bit of a long one this week, folks. And then we've got Bo Svensson as Roy Jennings. He's also an antagonist in the movie, but he is in it for maybe two scenes. Um, He himself is actually an ex-Marine, um, but he also appeared in *Inglorious Bastards in 1978 and then had a cameo role in Tarantino's version in 2009. And he also turns up in The Delta Force in 1986. And he was in Kill Bill Volume 2 as uh, Reverend Harmony. Which is oh, OK. Like one for film fans there. Then we have Marsha Mason as Anne Highway, uh, the ex-wife of uh, Gunny. Uh, she's a four-time Oscar nominee for Cinderella Liberty in 73, Goodbye Girl in 77, Chapter 2 in 79. Um, and she also Emmy nominated for her role as Sherry Dempsey in Fraser in the 90s. So there's like some pretty right. heavyweights um you know surrounding um yeah surrounding she has the one cast. Good
2: scene she's good in all of her scenes but she has one really good one.
1: They just don't give these people enough to do at times. I wanted more from her character because she had a lot mm. to say in that scene. I just wish it would have maybe developed a bit more. Um, and then we have Eileen Eckhart as Mary Jackson. She runs the Marine Bar. I don't think it's ever you don't ever get the name of the bar, but it's sort of so the ex-services or the 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 marines bar. Like in yeah, the town, yeah. yeah. Her husband
2: uh, uh, was was a friend of
1: that's it, Kylie
2: uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was an Oscar winner in 1972 for Butterflies Are Free, and she got seven Emmy award nominations during the 70s to the 90s for work, including uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show and Love and War. And then I'll quickly round up the platoon because we'll be here all week. So we've got Vincent Isery as Lance Corporal Frigetti. We've got Ramon Franco as Lance Corporal Aponte. We've got Tim, Tom Villard as Corporal Profile, Mike Gomez as Corporal Quinos, Quinones, and Rodney Hill as Corporal Collins. Uh, so Rodney Hill's only got three other credits, and this is his biggest one. Um, Isare won a Daytime Emmy Award in 2009 for All My Children, which is a, a drama sitcom. Uh, and Franco played Albert Ruiz in the Tour of Duty series um, in the late 80s, that Vietnam series, which is actually quite good. Yeah. I think we'll do an episode on that maybe one day. That's uh, good and- idea villard appears in the arm like he appears in a couple of army recruitment genre films kind of like this one so he's in 1986's weekend warriors and then 1994's in the army now and finally uh, gomez uh, plays uh, the cop that the dude asks about leads in the big lebowski so you know when the guy's going yeah we've got four more detectives working on the case working in shifts and he like laughs the dude off that's <laughs> that's yeah. mike gomez which i thought was quite good so that was the cast, I and mean, it's quite a big one. Um, but I just think you're here for Eastwood, aren't you? Like, it's so it's one yeah. of those things. And
2: he he's got the best lines in the film, hasn't he? Let's face yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the the, it, the lady that owns the bar, um, you can tell that she's a professional. She's really oh, yeah. good. As yeah. soon as as soon yeah. as you get the first you know few bits of dialogue from her, you actually like her character. She mm. knows what she's mm. doing. She it's a tiny role, but it's it's very likable.
1: Yeah, everyone's um, developed to an extent, but whether they get enough to do is debatable. Yeah, I would have liked more choosers characters, to be honest. I would have too. Like, they work well as a double act. Like, maybe if they they'd did. been together sort of moulding this platoon, it might have worked, and they would have, would have had a more of a mutual enemy in powers, but maybe we could talk about that later.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, Matt, do you want to round up the production for us? So,
2: as we said, it was directed by Clint Eastwood. His first military uh screen credit was uh, a whale boats and i think he was a yes uh credit on that uncredited
1: naval man yes something Something. like that and then he was in
2: the um lafayette Escadrille, which is a a world war one movie about um american volunteers in the french air force during world war one yeah it looks like a really interesting film I, i i would like to watch that at some point and then you you Mentioned a few of the others there, Kelly's Heroes, Regal's Dare, I'll throw in Firefox. Um, oh, yeah, of course. And, of course, yeah. he also directed American Sniper as well. There's so much on that list, it's easy to miss it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look at the man's career. <laughs> yeah. This was his uh, uh, either 12th or 13th um, directorial for um, credit, uh, following up 85's Pale Rider, which is a great film. And he was also the film's producer, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But the film was written by someone we're you know familiar with on the show even recently it was written by james caravatsos yeah wrote hamburger hill which came out the following year and then he worked on a number of other films and uh his his last uh war movie credit would be lost battalion in 2001 yeah it's another great one we're gonna we're gonna get Mm -hmm. round to cinematography came from jack green who worked on a lot of blockbusters um and this is his first director of photography credit. He worked with with Clinton on a number of other movies. Uh, the technical advisor on, on the film is actually quite interesting. He was assigned by the Marine Corps. And he was a sergeant major, a recon sergeant major, uh, called James Dever. And he's after he got out of the Corps after 25 years, um, similar to Gunny, in that he, he must yeah. have hit the mandatory retirement age, <laughs> um, he went on to found his own uh, military advising company for the film and such and uh he worked on we uh, we were soldiers wind talkers the last samurai jarhead cloverfield valkyrie uh battlefield los angeles american sniper and, and lots and lots Gosh. of tv yeah yeah really interesting career um and he also while he was still in the marine corps he, he did advise on another film um one called uh, death before dishonor Ooh, which okay, um, which looks, I haven't watched it all yet, but I watched a trailer and it looks like um, 1980s 13 Hours.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah.
2: That might be one to check out. Bit of a, a, a TV movie feel mm. to it, perhaps. But yeah, uh, the film was, was filmed at uh, Camp Taliga, uh, which is part of Camp Pendleton, the big marine base um, mm-hmm. in California and on Viquez Island near Puerto Rico for the uh, the invasion scenes, I think. Yeah. It was shot in just eight weeks, and it actually finished shooting early
1: by about a week. Wow! <laughs> so Cliff Rapid. really raced through the production yeah. on it. Um, he wanted to spend that $6 million salary, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. When uh, the check clears, I'm out of here.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, how can anyone hear what he's saying? It's like, I when know, he's supposed so to be shouting, to they you. can't, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Cover me, goddammit. Sorry, Clint. What? <laughs> um, budget was fifteen million, and the box office brought in an impressive one hundred
1: four million. Considering how much he was paid, <laughs> yeah, but... that's fair. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. fair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the box office brought
2: in an impressive one uh, one hundred twenty one point seven million dollars. Huge. It was number two behind Star Trek: Voyage Home. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, that's Clint's draw at the box office, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, true. Still, yeah. Still got it, like, even in 86. I mean, he's not hes not even, like... He's still box office in 86, but I mean, he's still box office he's now. He's still but, box office well into the 90s, yeah. isn't he, really? But even then, like, in that era, you're going up against, like, your Stallones and your Schwarzeneggers. Like, for mm. him to mm. make this type of movie and it to be a massive success still, it's just incredible. I think it's testament to the guy, isn't it, really? It's interesting, isn't
2: it? Uh, so the film was made with the assistance of the Department of Defence and the Marine Corps. Um, but once the production had been completed the Marines officially withdrew their support for the film due to what they described as an excessive amount of profanity, which we object to. And according to Lieutenant Colonel John Shotwell, which is a great name for a Marine, Shotwell, perfect. Shotwell, great. Um, yeah. Was quoted in a November 86 article in The Hollywood Reporter as saying they also objected to the scene where Clint shoots a wounded Cuban in the back.
1: I mean, I can see that more than the swearing. Like yeah. so, the, so there's a lot of swearing it. in this. There's and a lot of swearing
2: and slurs in this film,
1: but so no, no one sworn in any, in any war like that the Marines have fought in ever. Like they, no, like, come on. I mean, it, it, the Marines aren't known to be saints, are they? You
0: yeah, know, we're people British,
1: written, but we even we know that you know U.S. Marines aren't written, saints. Like, articles and theses on like men and swearing in like the forties yeah. and stuff, like how it entered the the common sort of vernacular. Like mm. it's even in *Hamburger Hill*. James Carabasos writes a whole thing about when the character's coming home and swearing and it not being... He does, yeah. ...something he does. He does. So yeah. it, like... <laughs> that's the fucking potatoes. Yeah, exactly. so I just think that's really... It's an odd thing for them to object to. It
2: is. Well, I mean, the plot thickens because apparently the film was originally written as an army um, okay. piece. And it was it was offered to the army and the army looked at it and, and I think they saw the script and they saw the number of times the word pump is used and said, no, we're not. <laughs> Yeah. we don't yeah. we don't want to use this um and it was offered to the marine corps and they adapted the script and i think that shows in a number of places where some of the elements don't quite
1: have to be changed like the whole within him fighting at heartbreak ridge wouldn't kind of work yeah, exactly yeah like... with the 23rd and stuff yeah. and Ch- chozo says off screen like he was he was in the army before he joined the Marines at, at Heartbreak Ridge, and it's like you can tell that I read Quite that that was inserted in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. The film received a uh, Academy Award nomination for Best Sound, which I kind of agree with. It, it, the sound design on the film is is really good, actually. Yeah, give it that. Um, yeah, composer Lenny Nyhaus uh, won a BMI Film Music Award, and Mario von Peebles was. Um, Nominated and won a uh, NAACP Image Award for outstanding supporting actor uh, he in a motion good, picture.
1: He, he is, is really good. He's a bit
2: irritating for me, but yes. See, I think I know he plays what, off Clint really well. He does like, he, play off him yeah. really well, but there's there's parts of it where I I rewatched it. I was like, he seems more irritating to me than normal. Maybe maybe <laughs> he just called me older? on a bad day. Is
1: it because you're older? Damn, Cred! Matthew Moss sitting in his chair, shaking his face. Oh my god! Like <laughs> <laughs> you felt like anyway. Clint, didn't you? Don't, you could torture me, you could hurt in me. In like, <laughs> Just don't bore me. <laughs> <laughs> Moss coming, um, but I don't want get off my lawn. Yeah.
2: And this week I have the retro review, and it comes from Roger Ebert, uh, December fifth, nineteen eighty-six, and I think it's spot on. It reads, Clint Eastwood's heartbreak Ridge uses an absolutely standard plot and makes it special with energy, its colourful characters, and its almost poetic vulgarity. We've seen this story in a hundred other movies, where the combat-hardened veteran, facing retirement, gets one last assignment to train a platoon of green kids and leads them into battle. But Eastwood, as the producer, director, and star, caresses the material as if he didn't know B-movies had gone out of style.
1: Yeah, perfect like Ebert never misses usually for me when we do these. Did you watch the clip of Siskel and Ebert going at it about, about the movie on their show, at the movies from 86? I have in the past, but I didn't before we recorded this. I have in the past seen it. It is good. (laughs) So Ebert's loving it, but Siskel's like, I don't like it. I think Clint's passed it. It it was like, I didn't, it was cliched. It was boring. (laughs) And then they're really going at it. But I can see why he'd think that because it is a cliched plot and it is, but it, it does, it gets a little bit B movie about it at times. i got to. Well, admit.
2: I mean, to jump off the part where Ebert talks about it's a plot we've seen a hundred other times. I mean, let's face it, you've got uh, John Wayne in Sans of Jima, you've got Full Metal Jacket, you've got Jarhead, Starship Troopers, Devil's Brigade, The Dirty Dozen movies, yeah, March yeah. or Die last week. They're all yeah. films where Stripes and Private Benjamin, stripes. like, yeah, they're coming out at the same time. The list goes on and on and on.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you it's, know, it's you a, it's take. Well... These...
1: It's a well-grained in trope, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you take green troops and you train them up, and then there's there's a you know they group they mm. they go up against the, the hard-ass sergeant, and then you know they come yeah. to respect him, and then they go into battle, and they realize all oh, that you know riding yeah. of them was was for a purpose, so we don't die in combat.
1: It feels like these movies are made when when there's a need to get people in the military. So it's like Sandsvillia Jima, it's like. Is it is that post war movie? Is it it's forty five, during... I think. Forty five, yeah. so it's like getting people in for the final push. You know, stripes and these sort of like peacetime ones. You can feel like, oh, the military is a viable career. It's not just about fighting wars. It's a viable career, mm. like
2: that's how I feel. Like, although I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say this is exactly the U.S. Marine Corps Top Gun.
1: No, it's not. It's weird, isn't it? Because they don't. It's definitely not. Own it either, but I wonder if it had an effect on um on enlistment numbers. Yeah. Mm. Because I read some comments on it on a YouTube thing um, when I was watching that at the movies. And there's a few people that were saying, when I went to see the movie, um, there was a guy that went to see it apparently and he lived near a base. And he was saying that it was full of Navy and Marine Corps guys watching it and they were loving it. Of course so it was, yeah. Yeah. If, the, if, must be,
2: if, if there's a, a film about your service branch coming out, you go and watch it, don't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like how the Marines love ungentlemanly act and they're all Marines, sorry, love, love ungentlemanly act and how we've seen a lot of like, ex-servicemen come out when we mention these films go oh, that's great i saw it with my mate and my squaddy mates and stuff no always yeah, yeah. the way um but as always we asked your one word reviews and we had another bumper haul this week i'd only put the i think only put the the post up about four or five hours before we started the recording this episode and it was i couldn't keep up so i've just chosen some uh some choice ones so we had ad bond said leader al allen said gunny um, this was a bit of a, an interesting one. We had Jason Fox from Channel 4's SAS Who Dares Wins pop up with a one-word review, which we Ooh. were amazed to, to see. He said "muttface," which is a uh, one of the uh, like a, one I think a line, lines, one of Clint's lines. Yeah, um, but yeah, thanks, Jason, if, if you're listening, like, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> I'll have to get you on uh ian houston says ak-47 obviously iconic in this movie isn't it the way that um Gunny fires live rounds at his own troops fantastic
2: yeah they some of those would have definitely hit them I,
1: I'm <laughs> exactly scared, you know. in that scene where they're running and he's yeah. just giving it like the whole shaky shaky burst yeah <laughs> uh then we had pete the paint he said gruff uh paul can said hoorah Benji Lee, who interesting enough was an executive producer on SAS Who Deaths Wins there. He says Recon and DV at the end, he says clusterfuck, which I thought was great. Yeah. But yeah, the overall, I mean, everyone seemed to have great love for this movie. I think it is it's started yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into why we love it at the end of perhaps some things we don't like, but it's the dialogue, it's the the sharpness of Eastwood. it's the the tough, gruff. He's doing he's playing to type. But he's doing it so bloody well, and Cara Butters' writing is just so sharp. It feels like a comedy at times.
2: Yeah, yeah. The way that the way Clint delivers some of those lines is just pure joy, isn't yeah. it? For him, I can you exactly. can tell he's enjoying it. Mm. I I like, wonder how many takes some of them took
1: because I think some of them are him. almost like raps. He they just roll off the tongue. It's, yeah, they do. They really do. Like the start of it, like I'll talk about it. In my favorite scene, but that start. If you maybe. I don't know played into more of the comedy of it you could switch those people out and it feels like a, like an SNL sketch or something like it's yeah. it's meant like it's played for laughs almost um I think like it's just it doesn't it doesn't age either that because the lines are so sharp and it's it's eastward it all kind of works but anyway I think that brings us on to the alley tally this week
0: It's time for Ali Tally on fighting on film.
1: Multiple integrated laser engagement system. That's it. Ali Tally's over. Okay, <laughs> Safe scenes. I'm only kidding, but like, where have you ever heard that <laughs> heard that phrase in the movie? Where do you ever see Miles be used in a
2: film? I know. Yeah. Exactly. So if you don't if you don't know what miles is it's a it's almost like military laser tag basically where yeah um you fit a little system onto your weapon and everyone wears the the receiver like the little units bulb things on. yeah on the webbing yeah and there's a scene in the film where there's an ambush during training um, and everyone's equipped with like adapters and miles and it's it, they actually explain what it is and how it works. It's great and it's fantastic. It's, it is. It's really interesting. It's one of mm. the more interesting. It's. I think that that sequence is one of my favourites. Actually, it's not my favourite, but it is. It is a really good one. Um, I know what
1: you mean because it. I think the only time I've ever seen something like that in a movie, in a war movie. I mean, it's a sci-fi mm. movie anyway, but it's in Starship Troopers where they're doing the laser tag type training. Um, yeah. In the laser, laser tag Lethal laser, ta- yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it before. But it's interesting because it's whole, you know, how you make the immersion of doing a combat simulation and and all that. It's like a really cool bit of kit. And I just wasn't expecting it to be an heart rate ridge. Like it, it's a nice little uh, inclusion. Yeah, it'd be fun playing laser tag with blanks, wouldn't it? Yeah, who wouldn't?
2: <laughs> who would <laughs> really do adds that? to the immersion?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I guess it, you know, it's an easy way to, you know, make troops put their head down they're worried mm. about getting knocked out of the game or the, not the game the exercise yeah so it's clever you know i've i've always wondered why um armies don't use airsoft because well it,
2: this thing there's there's something called simmunition um right. which is kind of similar which is coming into into more use now um mm. but yeah i know what you
1: mean yeah so i mean it's like you know with her you'd get a reaction sort of same thing but it's just really interesting to see it. Um, and for it to get like the screen the the name drop that it does. I mean, did you find that did the company that make that pay for a product placement? It felt very product placement-y. I don't know. I think I think it's part of the US Marine Corps' involvement
2: in it. And and sure. perhaps perhaps the, the uh James Dever, the the advisor, said, Well, we do this thing where we use this miles system and it's really, you know, hmm. we can incorporate it into this training sequence if you want. Um I don't, I don't know whether that was something Clint would have known about and gone. I'd like to incorporate the miles system. <laughs> Imagine that, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been reading guns and ammo. On. <laughs> I'd love to get yeah. this miles in here <laughs> if we can. <laughs> no. But I, it's, it's just good. Um, also, another thing that I really enjoyed was seeing uh, Stitch wear the M1 helmet. It's a nice little callback to yeah, the piss pot. yeah, piss pot. Great little inclusion, yeah. The mocked up BMPs at the end that you get, they're quite cool.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Cuban, yeah. um, mm. And they're, they're, they're mocked-up douchka. Um, yeah, that was cool. Uh, which is, it reminded me of the ones used in um, in Red Dawn. You get those gunfights with all of three Cubans. Um,
1: yeah. But
2: it's not that's... the most populated battlefield, is it?
1: No, that's my issue with it. Like, uh, we we'll could probably get into it a bit, a bit later, but, like, I... that is one of the main drawbacks of that sequence think there'd be more than three men. You would think <laughs> so. Their uh, it was kind of
2: it was kind of cool to see woodland BDU. Um, yeah, it's nice. Um, and of course, the M16A1s with uh, the 30-round mags. Yeah, yeah. Other... We're used to seeing them in low-budget Vietnam movies. Mm. It's yeah, wrong. They, they, they shouldn't have 30-rounders. No. But um, in this, in this context, correct. it's right. Yeah.
1: And there's a mocked-up 203 as well. M203 grenade launcher. Yeah, that's nice. M60 used by Peter Cock. That's cool. You get yeah, yeah down some great fire with that. And they, it's that classic trope of giving the big muscly guy the... Uh...
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, big cock energy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> very good. We couldn't mention uh, the uh, Ali Tally this week. We could not mention the AK-47, which is actually an AKM We all did. It always Eastwoods. is, yeah. There's, it's always yeah. an AKM, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I mean, it would have been, it maybe it would have been an AKM that uh, Eastwood's character encountered in the jungles of Nam and wherever yeah. else he fought. um, Cause it, cause it's, you know, Chinese supplied, Russian
2: supplied. Yeah. Type 56. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there and is a
2: type 56 in the film. In fact, one of the Cubans has
1: one. Yeah, it might be. So yeah, there's a sequence where he, where they're running in, in their PT gear and Eastwood comes out of nowhere and he just fires like a, like, a, a burst. Mag, doesn't he? Yeah. And he, but he's giving it like a, like wobbly rifle and um, mm-hmm. rounds are spitting everywhere. And he says, this is the AK-47 assault rifle, the preferred weapon of your enemy, and it makes a distinct sound when fired at you. So remember it. Yeah, it's I like iconic. the
2: callbacks to that throughout. It's great. There's another training exercise um where the lieutenant joins them, mm. and um he says, "What the hell's that?" And they all <laughs> and they all quote, they all up. It. "It's great." That's
1: it's great the AK, AK-47, the weapon of our enemy. <laughs> When they come under fire it, at the end they all say it to each other I, that is good like the script is. is sharp as we said it before the script is the standout thing in this movie is the writing um and obviously eastwood's performance um and then yeah and i did a little bit of looking into um like the unit that uh eastwood was in so it was the second recon battalion second marine div uh division and they didn't see action in vietnam so i was like hmm says he does two tours um so the the second uh, recon battalion w- were in the Dominican Republic like he said in 65. Yeah, he has that then, one, yeah. Yeah, but then later in the film he said he was in the second battalion 7th marine div in uh in Nam and I looked it up and yep, they were heavily involved in 68 when they said and Colonel Myers said he served in the first battalion of the 7th. So everything checks out, it's nice. Um but I thought it's a bit weirded me out first time I heard it because I was like Hang on a minute. They said it's his old unit and they would like us to assume he fought in NAM with this unit, but the unit didn't fight yeah. in NAM. And I was like, Oh my, does it doesn't make sense. So I had to go and make, like work it out for myself. Probably did a bit more work there than the average cinema goer did in 1986, <laughs> though, to be fair <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, just let it wash over you. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing that's the thing about this film, if if they didn't add that line in about the army at Heartbreak Ridge, you'd think it was predominantly a marine battle. Well, exactly. Um and there was a f- only few, if any,
2: Marines there. Mm, yeah, um, it's a holdover from that original script, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: they were like, "No, we're, we're still going to call it Heartbreak Ridge." Exactly. There's some <laughs> nice. There's a nice sequence where the where stock footage is obviously being used for the sequences where everyone's mobilizing for for Grenada. That's cool because the, the film stock changes I, I, and it's so think, obvious.
2: Yeah, I think they shot that. Um, I think that was shot. Possibly with the help of the Marine Corps, they, they build Possibly. an exercise yeah. for the film.
1: Because um, the bit of the the Huey dropping them in the water—that's great. Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? Like, mm.
2: I did wonder why they didn't put the, the the flippers they had on their on their packs on before they jumped in.
1: Oh yeah,
2: they just drop them, don't they? The, yeah, they, they should secret. they should have put those on when they were on board the helicopter. Surely. Anyway, I, I don't know what the, the <laughs> doctrine is for that.
1: Yeah, um, if you do know, <laughs> yeah, is, do let us know. Yeah.
2: that we we must know why the flippers <laughs> were not placed on their feet before they jumped from the helicopter it's um, matt's
1: accuracy corner <laughs>
2: don't we already get complaints about that the too. doctrine den with matthew moss <laughs> oh my god it's an offshoot podcast um yeah i another thing that i i thought was interesting is the, the inclusion of some of the armored vehicles some of which entered service after grenada okay yeah oh, so i didn't even know yeah the labs i think came in in Eighty-four. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a, i'm not a Marine Corps amphibious and and um, armored vehicle expert, but
1: nope.
2: as you mentioned, the Cuban um BCRs. I think the btrs or the BCRs or BMPs. Are they? They, you are short. they
1: mocking up like they look yeah. like the ones in Red Dawn. Like yeah. they're built up around current vehicles.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it, the thing about that sequence is where they're it's, they're, they're stuck in in that building. Is that cannon should be doing work on that building and it blows <laughs> a tiny portion. Yeah, we all
1: know it. Like we all know watching it. I'm like, you're all dead, boys. And that's why Eastwood shouts them not to go in there because he knows, yeah, like it's curtains. Um, which at least at least Eastwood's character is showing still that he's been in this sort of situation. He knows going into that building is you know, it's too tempting as an infantryman, but it doesn't make sense if you want to stay alive. So at least they do yeah. that. And they do show him getting absolutely hammered. I mean, obviously, if in real life the building probably collapses on them, but it, it's not. I wasn't expecting that level of realism from the ending. <laughs> no, of this movie. no, no. Having seen the earlier firefights, yeah, you're not
2: going to get that level of, of um, stunt. Yeah, or, I'd say that um, yeah. Or action, I don't think. Um, but we'll talk about that in a moment. It's competent, isn't it? I think that rounds us up. Let's move on to favourite scenes.
1: Hello, Robbie here. Did you know you can support the podcast on Patreon? Join the supporting cast today and gain access to exclusive perks such as discount codes, our monthly Patreon film votes and the chance to get exclusive merchandise before anyone else. Search Fighting on Film on Patreon or find the link on our website. Thank you. Now back to the show.
2: I like the bit where the lady comes out of the shower apparently that's meant to be
1: apparently eastwood's mistress at the time apparently
2: who knows i don't if you're listening clint i don't know i'm not i didn't say that and it's not my favorite scene it just really struck me as like oh gratuitous okay
1: it's a it's the 80s it it's well, is I'm it's sorry. very much yeah. the
2: mid 80s and there had to be some in there didn't there i suppose yeah. um
1: it's a. it's think, the comedy element coming in again it's that script, it is, isn't it? It is. Mm.
2: There, there are definite comedy beats that they're peppering throughout the whole thing, yeah. um, and that one is a bit of a Carry On movie. Um, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, beat, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I think I think my favourite scene is. Oh, that's so not, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. What? No, it just it just shook Whoa. me, Rob. I, I wasn't surprising <laughs> it. I wasn't expecting it. The gratuity of it just shocked me. You know,
1: um, in a sea of like camo and guns like when she comes out of the shower you're like hang on what was yeah. that all oh, too late town's on um <laughs> i think my favorite part of the film is actually the
2: initial um firefight where they um, there's a three-man cuban recon team that opens fire on them
1: mm-hmm. and they
2: all fan out and lay down fire and then clint eastwood goes on a one-man flanking
1: attack yeah it's cool <laughs>
2: um <laughs> it's good. And it's a vicious part of the movie because they're already <laughs> retreating
1: and, and yeah. Clint
2: just appears in the clearing that they're about to like retreat through and just empties a mag and kills mm. all of them.
1: He's definitely like, he's um, definitely recalling some shit he did in Norm there. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely. Full, full, uh, full combat mode.
2: Clint is just, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: no, no prisoners taken literally. Um, yeah.
1: Does to the fire, point where the marine corps
2: even... disagreed with the fact that no prisoners <laughs> were taken
1: yeah, exactly
2: yeah he
1: just shoots one of them on the ground he does give him a bullet. and he, even then i'm like oh hang on clint right like, there was no need <laughs> like, like jesus even, but even think... if he doesn't even have like a line of dialogue to like say why you know maybe if you'd said like oh and you know if he said previously in the thing you know you never leave it you never leave a soldier because like in the arm, when we left a Viet Cong, like he went back and told his commander about where my regiment was and we got mortared or something. Like there could have yeah. been a reason, but they don't do I it. suppose, yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started it just, on this. Sorry, there's no context to why they're going to Grenada apart from oh, rescuing the nationals.
2: Sorry yeah, to the, like, the, jump that in quick. The background of the, the, the Grenada operation is not given.
0: Non existent, um,
1: yeah. And there's space, there's space for it too like oh there is
2: yeah that's even more you more. get like a tiny bit of exposition when they're on the um the landing ship. craft um mm-hmm. helicopter and they're about to board the huey to to go, to go and, and infiltrate and the, 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 the lieutenant just says grenada is so many miles from venezuela and we are going yeah. to rescue american nationals um which, yes, that was, I think, mm-hmm. one of the things behind it, but it was also a
1: regime change operation, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so much more to that, and it's a shame because, you know, maybe when they get, um, sort of jumping off again, I mean to um, spoil your favourite scene, bit, but there's a, a section where they get mobilised and it's a drill. But yeah. maybe, you know, you could have shoehorned in a, a line from the general being like, oh, good, I'm I'm glad you guys were ready because there's rumours that, we might be going into Grenada soon. What's going on mm. there? Mm. You know, there's like a, it's just a almost line like of surprise exposition. Grenada. You know? Yeah, it just, it just happens. And I mean, I've wrote in my notes for final thoughts. I think it's meant to be thrust upon the viewer because it's thrust upon the men. They're not expecting. Yeah, yeah I was thinking They're that peacetime myself. soldiers. They're not expecting mm. it. I guess that's probably why. But then as a viewer, I've seen it a couple of times now. I'm like, tiny bit of context would have been nice. Considering. I agree. A, but anyway, that's your favourite bit. Like that sequence is strong. Like it, it's very Nami, isn't it? It's very Vietnam. It is,
2: yeah. And it, it it's, it's proving the point that he is combat veteran, very experienced, yeah. is ruthless. It shows. Um, so that
1: the whole movie's building him up to be this larger than life soldier who's done it all, yeah. and then to finally see him do it, it's just good. It's good. For an arc. It's, it's the good.
2: payoff, isn't it? Yeah. It's the beginning yeah, of, of the payoff for the rest of the movie. Mm. Um. And as we said earlier, I really like the bit where they introduce Miles, the Miles system, yeah. and uh, that whole ambush sequence. And it's where the platoon begins to coalesce into a more yeah. cohesive um, unit.
1: Yeah, that's a stronger, a stronger part of those of those that action sequences. I'm sure we'll talk about it more um, at the end. What was uh, yours? My favourite scene is the opening, the opening fight, um, because it sets up uh, Gunny Highway. that's mm. it? everything that he's going to be in this movie and it's the dialogue so it starts off with this sharp as fuck dialogue Mm -hmm. the minute the movie starts it's it's off on it it starts in black and white after this korean war stock footage montage which if you've watched any of my videos on korea it's the same footage because there's not (laughs) there's not that much out there um yeah yeah it's great footage like the guy's hammering that m2 carbine if you've uh, if you've seen that yeah he is (laughs) they <laughs> not know exactly what uh, footage i'm talking about but it starts in black and white and it fades into color and that was confusing a little bit um it is if they faded into color immediately immediately it might make sense you're like
2: yeah. uh, why are we are we it's it's black and white it's a police station they see if someone go back into the cells
1: and you're thinking i saw is it this... as um symbolically bringing an old soldier up to the modern day okay okay that works Do you think yeah. of it as bleeding colour in i don't know yeah um, no, i can see that i mean
2: from the dialogue you, you immediately know that you're meeting this character at crossroads
1: oh, yeah of course um so he's he's talking to the he's in the jail cell you're not sure why he's talking to the, the inmates um and this huge dude um in the in the script he's called jail binger and uh, he <laughs> says yeah <laughs> huge dude he says i don't like soldier boys and highway looks up at him and he's got a half-chewed cigar in his mouth that has a highway and he says say what uh, gel replies if you want to pop that puppy's can you don't have to grease him so hard jar head so i'm like jesus like clint clint's mm-hmm. just telling old war stories mate <laughs> like i don't think i don't think clint's going to be doing what you think he's going to be doing um and then uh clint says well it sounds like you're a man of experience it's the immediate clap back it's like the, the comedy mm-hmm. the sharpness coming in there and then when Jailbenger's like you know what's the hell that's supposed to mean grun shit and then Hi- Highway says the line and it immortalizes his character, how he's going to be throughout the movie as this grizzled, no nonsense, no battle, too tough type soldier. And he says, It means, be advised, I mean, nasty and tired. I eat concertina wire and piss napalm, and I can put a round in a flea's ass at 200 meters. So why don't you go and hump someone else's leg, mutt face, before I push yours in? And a in shoes. And it's great. And, and as it the is. fight fighting no, shoes. A, it's,
2: a, it's a really good way of introducing the character
1: yeah and i had and a court even,
2: scene that follows that too it's fabulous isn't where, it? it you know he's been charged with drunken disorder he gets a hundred dollar fine and the, yeah. the judge says um reads out the you know the the accusations and he's he's pissed on a police car and he says well i thought it was the thing to do <laughs> yeah
1: it's great isn't it it's great like and that's the great thing about i mean obviously eastwood's a star he's going to get all the juicy lines but it, it he delivers mm-hmm. them so well I and mean, he's done it his whole career he's quipped and you know, it's the action movie type thing, but he's, di- he's doing it really well. Um, yeah. You know, and there's other great lines as well. Like for me, it wasn't necessarily favourite scenes, but just the dialogue was was on point. You know, and there's a bit where he's fighting that guy in the jail cell and he says, why don't you just sit there and bleed a while before you taste some real pain? It's like that's, you imagine Schwarzenegger coming out with that in Commander. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's another great one where he, <laughs> he's got all his recruits out in, the, out in front of the huts. And he's like, the Marines are looking for a few good men. Unfortunately, you ain't it. It's just great. Like, it's fabulous. There's lines. loads of zingers. There's, there's so loads. So many zingers. It's really great. I mean, that's it for me. Like, I'll talk about, you know, what I think of the rest of it at the end. But it's James Carabattos' script. It's just it's great. You know, you could remake this now and put put any actor in that role and they'd still get laughs. It's so strong.
2: Yeah. They'd have to carry it, though. But yeah, I agree. Mm.
1: And it carries on into Hamburger Hill, like we were saying. You go back and look at that movie, and our review from a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned the dialogue in that. It's some of the standout mm, really. parts of that of that yeah. script. It's clearly a man who has been in combat. He knows he must have known soldiers like this, being an ex-air cavalryman. So he must have, it must have been all from experience, and it really comes through.
2: Yeah, I think there were a couple of people that helped with some of the um, the dialogue on the film, made some okay. uncredited couple of uncredited writers that added as well mm. but i definitely think his Karabatsos's um skill with that kind of dialogue really comes mm. through in this film yeah it's so it's almost gratuitous at one point it just it, it,
1: has, it just it keeps he coming
2: lays it on with a trowel yeah. as, uh, in, in some of those scenes and he's he's chewing the scenes isn't he? he's chewing he is he's, chewing he's, the scenery but in a good yeah. way yeah it is it's in the best possible way um and i think it's also worth mentioning that scene with his ex-wife as well, you know where they're in oh, the bar course. after yeah. after he's been she's bailed him out for being drunk and disorderly again. It's a it's a theme because they have um, an
1: argument, don't they? They do. And then yeah, that's the the aftermath of the argument. Is yeah. in the bar and she, and she talks about the trauma that she
2: experienced waiting for him to come home from Vietnam. Yeah. Watching the news hoping to see him but also hoping not to see him. Mm. Um, and, the, and she hasn't processed any of that I don't think
1: no I wish we'd had a little bit more of them like mm. we don't necessarily need some of the sequences with the recruits um, because they're not we'll get into it but like just maybe have a few more scenes of them trying to reconcile maybe learn a little bit more about why they split up because you only learn about that near the end um, yeah. and considering it's Eastwood who's Oscar nominated actor and it's you know uh, it's Marsha Mason, who is also, you know, four-time Oscar nominee. They're powerhouse actors. They can, they can do this. You know, they oh, feel yeah. like they feel like an estranged couple. And the only reason why we
2: like that sequence and it works is because of their skill. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There isn't a lot of meat for them to expand no, on. But there's enough. Uh, how that her speech conjures up? You can imagine her turning on the she's TV, great that watching scene. the reports. Yeah, no, she's yeah. really great. And I'm sure that spoke to a lot of women of that age who were with people yeah. like that. It's probably spoke to a generation of people as well. Mm. I really think it's strong. It's just, yeah, I Siskel actually said that in the uh, in the review that, that on the at the movies section, he was saying how he felt the same way. Um, that they he just wished he'd had a little bit more because they were good together as actors on screen. But I think that maybe brings us on to final thoughts. Hello, I'm Al Murray, and you're listening to Fighting on Film,
0: the world's number one war film podcast.
2: Who wants to go first? I found some of the, the sequences of the training a bit overdone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: To, to start off with negatives, I thought some of the platoon and the, the way that they were characterised were a little bit cringeworthy. Um, yeah, I, can, I get,
0: thought, can go for that a little th- bit.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, you know, the bits where they... They start singing and and like I don't know it's it's just a bit too hammy. Just, to I just
1: took that as their eighties kids. That's how they're expressing themselves. Yeah, like, I just took I it as that's mean, period. Did, but, you know.
2: did Marines? I don't know. I yeah, sure, I agree. um Jones's character is just just ever so slightly too over the top for me.
1: Um, oh, I liked him. I thought he was great.
2: No, he's likable and he works yeah. well with Clint. Um, but you know they they're cramming it. There's a sequence where they do like a close-up of moonwalking. It's like they cram Michael Jackson and mm. Prince into one character. Yeah.
1: We don't um, I don't think we need as much of him being a rock star. No, it's, it's it apparently he wrote those little rhymes and yeah, great. the bionic marine and stuff and,
2: yeah, and, yeah. And, and the songs and the raps. So that's cool. I mean it's cool, but we play. don't
1: but he they establish him at the start as this like yeah. budding wannabe rock star who is also a marine. He's just doing that is down is r and r i assume i assume yeah um and then that's enough we don't need to see him go you know, cause fights at bars and stuff like it, it's just not didn't need to happen apart from that mm-hmm. one section where highway is introduced to uh ray like that works because it's the marines who instigate that confrontation yeah but that's all you need. You don't need any more. They like, do it again at the end, and I'm like, but you don't need that. Like you've already established who he is. You're just doing it again, needlessly. I think. I think you yeah. are right. But it's just, I do think his character works really well. Like it, it's a generational thing. I quite like the the two approaches to being. A yeah, it's soldier. a it's
2: a clash of culture, isn't it? Um, yeah, as well. I think yeah. Clint calls him a hippie on the bus, doesn't he? And he says, Yeah, <laughs> there's not it's been like, hippies yeah. around here for a century, man.
1: <laughs> great line. You know, Looking great. Another great um, line. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing
2: is, I th- for me, the way that that Recon Platoon are characterised really jibes, chimes, not jibes, really
1: chimes more with... <laughs> um, Matt's talking in 70s oh slang now. Christ. These movies end full of cool cats no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Um, well, can, you, can you imagine if I attempted to do that? No. Um, Matt Jive Moss, <laughs> please continue. <laughs> so what I was trying to say was they feel more like they're recruits rather than
1: Marines that have been in long enough to be actual yeah. Marines that have been that, a return soon. That is a sticking point because it's like they've never fired rifles, it's like they've never done PT. Yeah, it's,
2: so in those yeah. training sequences, that I, I know that their platoon sergeant was you know riding easy because he was a short timer, mm. gonna retire soon. But still I don't think they would have been as as lax as that.
1: I Nipped. don't think it's yeah.
2: possible I mean, I within guess the hierarchy.
1: Powers is using him as like target practice for his exercises, and he's picking on them, yeah, um, and trying to use them as like you know, oh, my my first platoon are the best, like. But it doesn't that's make sense. Thing. Why would a yeah. major yeah. focus in so
2: hard on one platoon? Yeah, I know. It,
1: yeah, it's it weird yeah. to me too. It's a bit weird. It's a bit of a plot hole, isn't it? I'm like, so that it'll be meant to think the art, the US second um second marine division consists of like 30 men or something it's like yeah that's my that's a little thing i don't like because maybe it could have it could have shown them as being rusty because i think that's maybe what it's trying to do yeah but, you know maybe it, it just it just leans into it too much that they start i think you're right they start to feel like raw recruits
2: they do the, the you know and the getting swede to beat the sergeant up and that kind of thing. It, it just that Uh, could have been developed on more yeah it's parts of it didn't ring true to me as as true as they could have done um all in all it's it's an interesting movie that depicts grenada which is a conflict which is never seen on screen before or after
1: um the first time i ever heard of grenada actually was on an snl sketch about like puppetry. have you seen that sketch no i haven't it's um bill hader and he's got this like puppet who's dressed in like a Oh, cry, like a woodland camo jacket, and they're doing right. like a, a puppetry comedy class, and then he comes in and he's like, oh, "I was a Grenada but it's all like through a puppet, and he's doing almost, almost like Eastwood, like it's, it's yeah. really funny, and that's the first time I ever heard a grenade, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like, there were, <laughs> there were like troops there. What the fuck? So, like, for this movie to be one of the only on-screen depictions of that war is commendable, I guess, but they just don't do enough to set it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. I did like that they weaved in some of, uh, of the events that apparently happened during the war, like the bulldozer incident.
1: Yeah, and the the calling the the, the plane up. Yeah, yeah,
2: so the bulldozer incident and the and the calling through and and that sort of thing. So the bulldozer incident was supposed to be um, army rangers. Okay. Uh, at an airstrip that they they captured, and that sequence is good, but it, it it's lacking because the. I don't know it just feels like it's a it's a made for tv movie yeah um, yeah it does the, go a those bit battle sequences lack nuance mm. so within that genre of recruit movies that train men hard ass sergeant film ends with them going into battle for the first time yeah the payoff has to be good yeah and normally films they get that right um, there's some exceptions, obviously.
1: but Yeah, I'm not expecting, I, like, thumbnail jacket levels of, like, you know, filmmaking in the end there, but yeah, I wanted more. You know? Yeah, a like, little
2: bit more. It, three, it just it felt, felt
1: like they were shooting three men, Did anyone given time? Well, they were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It lacks nuance.
2: Um, and it's not a very sophisticated uh, sequence that's been choreographed. No. It doesn't feel like it's just oh there's a foxhole with three guys in it fire at them they're mm-hmm.
1: retreating now yeah oh there's another foxhole and sandbags with some it feels cubans very it's like it's them. a corridor for them to go down like a shooting yeah. gallery almost it, yeah yeah it almost and i know hits... i know that the fighting Sorry. in Grenada wasn't
2: that um complex no uh, because i don't think the the cubans there were top notch and i don't think the grenadian army
1: they hammered Such the, as it was i was looking at some footage they hammered the like the stronghold near the airport with like artillery and stuff at the end so yeah you know they softened them up <laughs> yeah well
2: exactly yeah indeed um but yeah if a little bit more money and possibly time had been put into those i think it would mm-hmm. have had a better payoff for the film in terms of action um because it's a very physical film there's lots of fights there's lots of confrontation yeah so you would expect like a little bit more, but it does mm. very much feel like a, a made-for-TV movie. It feels a bit, almost a bit like the TV uh, Dirty Dozen movies.
1: A little bit, but even then, like the, the second one was all right. And the the, yeah. the no, there was explosions it, and stuff going the made on. A made-for-TV like
2: movie can really work. I mean, look at Lost Battalion. That was made for yeah, TV. That yeah, was yeah, an exactly. HBO, great. Picture, wasn't it?
1: I know what you mean, though. It's not brilliant. It's it's competent. I think there's one nice bit
2: of of uh, cinematography where there's a following shot of them moving through the woods. That's the yeah, yeah, that's
0: and you can see them enough. through
2: the canopy, and it it looks kind of cool. Mm. Um, but that's that's kind of it with them trying some different stuff. Yeah, cinematically
1: that's within it, that it? sequence,
2: yeah. it's quite. It's just straightforward, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um, it is. Yeah.
2: It's a two-hour-plus movie. ran.
1: I'm not. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be fantastic, but I was just expecting maybe just a tiny bit more. I mean, I think yeah. it redeems itself a little bit where they, where they're fighting, where they have to fight off those BMPs in that sort of like ruined building. And I think that's quite good. Like it. Well, it's no nine men though, is it? no nine men but it didn't have to be you know <laughs> like and seeing the huey come in and and, and shoot the shoot yeah yeah was cool and that's anime. i think it was animated actually the rocket's coming off that huey all oh, right um, if i'm right i think I, it looked animated anyway yeah i'm happy to go out, will have been, yeah. go back and check but that it's decent enough i mean if it's not my main gripe actually is one of one of my things we haven't talked about it really rubbed me up the wrong way is the the character of powers and webster being like enemies of highway it really annoys mm. me because you've got this young guy who's come over from supply and he's got it in for gunny who mm. is a medal of honor winner yeah you know probably and there's more there's more like soldier in gunny's left boot than than the than the entirety of powers character and it just doesn't ring true like i don't buy that this this young major would be in for Gunny so much when he himself could learn so much from him, and yeah. I, I just felt like maybe and I don't know. It's trying to play off it's in the, in the, you know it needs a this young cocksure guy who wants to modernise the Marines or the, you're you're like a relic sort of thing to Highway. It could mm. work, but I maybe felt like it would have worked better if there'd been if he'd been an older adversary who maybe resents Gunny for having this amazing career where his career has always just been. you know something that he didn't get himself so he could maybe have been in for him there i don't think they need to fight each other because that doesn't resolve anything so they have a fight and gunny bests him um in this in this like pit thing and they all have a fight um and then after that the major is still sore to gunny so i thought after that sequence oh the major's going to respect him now he's going to understand like you know he's going to respect that he's trained his troops up but you never get it feels like you should get the Major coming in at the end being like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for all the shit I gave you, but fuck me, you can train men up. Fucking look at these lads, they've done so well. Like, I yeah. thought you were going to get that. But even then you don't get it. You get the the Colonel uh, the coming in saying, oh, you're in supply, stick to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm. so no one learns anything then. <laughs> like, no. it just doesn't make any sense. And, and why would Webster, who is an older Sergeant, than older person same age as Chuzu, i guess why yeah. would he be anti gunny it's just so odd it doesn't make any sense to me that, it, that, that oh just i was like you're not going to treat a medal of honor winner like that i think that's yeah, I why it you mean stuck in my craw a bit
2: yeah i it, it's it's a bit unusual isn't it it, it doesn't yeah. work as well as it could have done um and it's a bit of a waste of those two characters those two actors i would say mm. um, because both of them are capable of more
1: or, or, or maybe if even if it was like a younger gunnery sergeant that he was going up against, maybe like, you know, the old sweat and the new breed, like maybe that yeah. could have worked Yeah, that better. would have worked, like, yeah. You know, that maybe you, ha- you would have had more rivalry between the two units. It's like it's sort of it's just it's missing, is lacking something there that, the, for me, the, the adversary wasn't enough because Eastwood's this huge character in it. You know, he's shown throughout the movie that any fight he can win... You know, he beats Bo Svensson, not Bo Svensson, he beats um, Swede, who when you look at Swede, you're like, Jesus, he's going to pummel like mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood's face in. But no, no, Clint Eastwood, you know, dispatches him in about five seconds. It, it, you, you, I know that Powers is no match for this guy. And I know that's probably what the movie wants you to think. But for me, I was like, yeah, I just wanted more like Eastwood to have to get over more, perhaps. That's my yeah. only real gripe. Apart from that, I mean, I think the movie's fantastic. The, the, it's worth watching for the dialogue alone you know there's there's parts agree. of it you know i think there's parts of it that give stripe like make stripes look like a bad comedy like there's i think there's funnier lines in this movie than there is in stripes at times um yeah there's there's definitely some
2: good comedy beats throughout
1: and really, really say, strong the
2: dialogue in it is is really good mm. yeah i i tend to agree it, it's worth watching definitely um yeah
1: if you're a Clint fan as well it's one of his best oh yeah surely. yeah it's
2: it, it's a must watch for you know Clint fan um because it's 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 an interesting period that it's yeah, exactly portrayed, yeah. isn't it yeah. it's post vietnam pre gulf war it's the 80s um yeah. and it's a conflict grenade that has been overshadowed and forgotten and it's interesting that they decided to set a film during that and mm. use that short operation as a as a, you know climax for the film. Agreed. Yeah. One thing I would say is I I enjoyed the performances from from the leads. And yeah. while I thought some of the characterizations of the Platoon members was a little bit over the top, I thought mm. Chuzu's character, his ex wife, um, and even even um, even the major to a degree. They're good performances. We yeah, just wish we'd what, yeah, had a I'm little not, bit
1: more from all of them. Yeah. I'm not trying to put down, like, Powers' performance when I say I don't like his character. Like, I think he's doing really well. He, he's an absolute bastard, like, to Gunny. Yeah, that's no, what he, he has to do. He's making you hate that character. Yeah, and that's, exactly. And that's, you know, that's a sign of a good actor. He's
2: making does a you good hate job. that character.
1: But, you know, you wish he'd had more of a reason? Yeah, exactly. I felt like his motivation wasn't strong enough to merit how he was yeah. treating Gunny. Um, you know, and no one... Uh, no one in the movie turns around and goes, "Hey, hang on!" Like that guy's got a, got a medal of honor. Like cut some slack, yeah. Sort of thing. That that's maybe a line like that would have worked, you know. Or perhaps Powers didn't know, you know. Maybe instead of Stitch learning that he's got a medal of honor, um, where he would have already seen the medal of honor ribbon on him when they met him in the barracks mm. uh, first off. Instead of him learning that, maybe Powers could have learned that, but Powers would already know that going in. So.
2: It still what, doesn't what, what i felt was was a bit weird was you know they meet on the on the bus don't they mm. he'll have seen the ribbon
1: that's what i mean yeah exactly he'd have seen
2: it he'll have ready. seen the ribbon there and would a marine really steal from another marine that's that strikes me as like the the worst thing you can do especially, especially a sergeant that, that. that seems to be going to the place that you want to go yeah. he takes his bus ticket he knows he's going to as camp Lejeune. june it's supposed to be yeah. isn't it they talk about it. i saw that as just um, like
1: road movie type stuff it is but no think about
2: it he knows that, that sergeant is going to the same base that he's going back to yeah
1: yeah would it's you steal up... from someone that you knew that you know you're going it... to be on the same base with yeah i know it's just Bit of a shock hole. isn't it it's the shock of him finding out that gunny's going to be his co like that's the nco mm-hmm. that's the shock like it works i guess it but... just plays against the cocksure nature of the character yeah, doesn't it you're setting him up aren't you but I think, yeah. apart from that, I think that's a, that's Heartbreak Ridge, guys. So thanks for I listening think so. again. Yeah. yeah, thanks for listening. Next week, we are talking to Stephen Darlow about his work on the new Lancaster documentary that's been doing the rounds. And it looks fab. We're going to watch it before we talk to Stephen. And he was a co-producer and did some of the military advising work. I think he organised some of the interviews with the veterans, uh, made sure it looked all, all, all fit and uh, was, was accurate. So we're really looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Look out for that next week. And as always, follow us on the socials. Uh, You can find the whole back catalogue of the podcast on fightingonfilm.com. Maybe you'll have a foff binge. If you do, let us know on Twitter. And we'll catch you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you again. Bye.